Negotiating real estate can be a real headache. Nothing comes easy, especially when cultures clash and there's a never-ending supply of inexperienced agents involved. Today, find out how one agent uses artificial intelligence to better understand who he's negotiating with, learn the nuances of selling high-end homes to celebrities, and discover some innovative approaches to marketing luxury real estate on YouTube. Whether you're buying your dream property or selling a million-dollar home, why not get the highest price and the best advice? This is Luxury Real Estate Talk, the art and business of buying and selling high-end homes with stories and insider knowledge from top luxury agents nationwide and around the globe. Here's our host, Rob Jensen. This is episode 18 with Amit Buddha of All in Miami Group. Hello, Amit. So tell me, what's going on in Florida right now, particularly Miami? Yeah, so Miami and, in fact, Miami Beach, our markets are very, very different than the rest of the U.S. Um, typically, I guess, in other parts of the country, it's sort of a seller's market or a balanced market. But in Miami, um, it's been a buyer's market probably for the last two to three years. And the higher the price, the bigger discount, the bigger the discount. Some properties will get 20, 30, 40% discounts. So it's quite different than most of the other parts of the country. What do you think it is that's causing this driving it to be a buyer's market? Um, I think because we have too much inventory is one thing. And um, there, there are a few things because when, when we're getting close to an election year, there are people that are on the fence. They'll, they'll probably hold off. Um, and just a lot of developers have been building a lot of buildings. And because there's so many buildings, they're doing 60 stories, 50 stories, and you'll have one building will have six or 700 people, you know, units. And because of that, we've been having so much inventory and changing the market drastically. Got it. And you said that's going on for a couple of years now, correct? Yeah, probably two, three years, getting closer to three. So is there sort of an average days on market for a luxury property out there? I don't know if it's different for a house versus a condo. Yeah, so it's very, in, in um, South Florida, our markets are very segmented. It's not like if someone says, how is Miami or how is Miami Beach? So, and we have two very distinct markets. So just if I, if I were to give you a broad sense of the market in Miami, if we go Miami-Dade County, for single family homes, we have six to eight months of inventory, which is sort of a balanced market, maybe towards the buyer's market. But if we go to condos, because we have so much inventory, we're closer to 14 months of inventory. Oh, wow. Got it. So, so as far as the answer to your other question, you asked about like days on market. Mm -hmm. So just to give you an idea, I have a property um, in Miami. It's 1.8 million. And I was looking the other day how many, how long it takes on average for a home to sell between 1.5 and 2 million in that area. And in that area, average days on market was 168 days. Got it. Now, are you seeing price reductions along the way or it just, you know, five months go by and then it pops or what? Yeah. So, yeah, we do. We do have price reductions. We're probably... On, on average for single family homes, roughly about 10%, give or take, off the, the original asking price. So yeah, the, the best deals in Miami are the ones that aren't reduced and reduced. It's someone that just sees a property, they put a ridiculous offer and they get it if the seller's motivated. Got it, 
got it. So you just got to go for it. So you've got some interesting tactics or skills in your pocket, so to speak. You mentioned that you work a little bit with AI or artificial intelligence to help with negotiating. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And just to give you a backstory, um, after I graduated college in finance, I was in the car business for 11 years. So I was a sales manager. I was the guy that you didn't want to see at the dealership because I was the, uh, quote, strong negotiator. So even with that, having that ego, you know, that, hey, I'm great at negotiating, I, I learned about this artificial intelligence. And within business, the biggest savings or, or the most money you're able to get is usually through negotiations. But the problem is most people negotiate exactly the same way to people with different personalities. And if someone is not a, a, like a stat person, maybe a accountant type mentality or engineer, if we start giving them price per square foot, if we start giving them days on market and all these other things, it's not going to make sense and it's going to tune them out. So with this artificial intelligence we have, I'm able to pull up anyone's, I guess, file and get an idea of that person. And it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. It'll say if you like, for example, if I pulled up yours and if you want, we can go over it. Let's, a let's bit. do it. Okay, cool. So let me pull it up and I will tell you um, things that I should say and things that I shouldn't say. And while I'm pulling this up, it's going to be a description about you. And you can tell me if it's sort of accurate. So it says, what comes naturally to Rob? He makes decisions quickly with gut instinct. He gets bored easily. Um, it tells me um, to say something sarcastic, stick to the big picture. Uh, what energizes Rob? Exploration and discovery, storytelling, public speaking, fun and excitement. What drains Rob? Using too much caution, repetitive, routine tasks, feeling micromanaged, feeling stuck in the same place. Do those relate to you? That sounds pretty good. I feel like I'm getting my palm read or something right now. Like pretty, <laughs> a, pretty spot on. So, so with that said, it'll give me three different things. It'll say, it'll say, am I going to talk to this person in person? Am I going to email them? Or am I going to do a phone call. And based on that, it'll give me 10 or 12 different scenarios. Like I'm going to negotiate with this person. I'm going to deliver bad news. I'm going to try and pitch an idea and whatever the outcome, it'll tell me, use these words. Don't use these words. And by doing that, it helps us negotiate a lot for our buyers or sellers. And it, you know, it helps things a lot. I could, I could definitely appreciate that because I would imagine you get a lot of different cultures in Miami or just Florida in general, a lot more than Vegas, but Vegas has still got a pretty good uh, batch of, Vegas still has a pretty good mix of diversity. And I just see that, uh, you know, there are definitely big cultural differences when it comes to negotiating. There are certain styles that they're just used to getting a discount, you know, not and the fact that something's priced correctly doesn't matter so much to them. And there's just, different styles and there's styles where even once you've done a deal um there's cultures where they still keep trying to negotiate all kinds of things all the way through like it just is never over so i think you've um tapped into something pretty neat there so how might you use that in a negotiation with another agent perhaps okay so what we do is we don't just use artificial intelligence we use that plus 
So say I have a seller and I have buyers that are buying the property. We're going to deep dive into everything we can to find out about that buyer, whether they're moving for a reason, whatever is going on in their life. We're finding that out because it's public. And then we're going to figure out, you know, basically why, what is the motivation for that buyer or seller. And then once we do that, we're going to see, I'm going to speak with the agent and I'm going to tell them, you know, my seller wants to be fair. And based on your offer, these are the reasons they came up with. And we're going to spell that email into something that resonates with the, with the buyers. And a lot of times if it's a couple or whatever, we can, res- we can get that message in different ways where it resonates with both of them. Right. So in some cases, you might not even bother with the price per square foot. Is that what I'm understanding? You might kind of take a different approach? Exactly. Exactly. Just like how I, I told you stuff about you, we're going to look, look deeply into what it says about the people. And like on yours, it said, use big picture, use different things. And we're going to use those strategies to, um, to, to write the email better or speak to the agent better. That's fantastic. Very cutting edge. So talk to me. I, I know you work with a fair amount of athletes and celebrities, and you've got some particular strategy for, strategies for helping those folks. What do you got? Yeah, so one of the things that agents, you ha- I, I think in life, the main thing is your expectations, right? And if you're, if you're selling a celebrity or athlete a property, they're probably busy. So if I text them or call them, I'm going to first text them. I'm not going to call them. And I'm, I'm going to know that when I text them, maybe if I text them 10 times, they may respond two or three times, but I know that they're going to see my text every time. But besides that, one of the things is if we just show them properties that they can find on Zillow or Trulia or anywhere online, we're not doing anything that they can't do. And we don't deserve a good commission for that. So Knowing the market well is what we do, my team and I, what we do. We, we find out what property sold. We know the agents. We develop our relationships with the, relation, with the agents that sell in different areas daily. And by doing that, we always know what's coming on the market before it comes on the market. Or if it's off market, we're going to know. So if I, have a, if I have a basketball player, I was working with a Heat player. And if, I t- if he tells me, hey, we couldn't find anything online. And I say, yeah, no, I understand. We have five properties that we're going to look at tomorrow. Then basically, you know, we're, putting, we're adding value. At the end of the day, if we're not adding value, it's, we're not doing a service to that person, especially that is so busy. Yeah, it's, and that's one of those things where just having that market knowledge makes all the difference. I mean, it's the, the culture is... You know, for example, California, like the broker caravans and learning the inventory is a big, seems to be a much more popular thing in Las Vegas. The broker care, there is no broker caravans. And even when you have select broker events, the turnout's pretty, pretty slow. And that can be a little frustrating because I remember calling an agent once to invite them to an event we were doing. And they said, well, I don't have a, you know, I'm, they're not going to come because I don't have a buyer for that. And I just thought, man, they're, they're missing out on an opportunity to like, be be a resource, you know, because like you said, buyers Big time. Buyers sort of first instinct is to just sort of want to do things themselves until they really need to involve a quote salesperson or a real estate agent, you know. But if you're talking to people yeah. intelligently about the market and inventory and something that might be coming up or something that maybe just expired, but they just they still might sell, like yeah, now you're providing value, like you said, and that's 
you know, I think what makes a big difference between the great agents and the, the weak agents. Yeah, I agree. So it looks like, I know you've been doing a lot of filming these days for your show, um, all in Miami TV. So how'd that come about? Yeah. So I, I think, um, in life, um, especially how we were in an age with social media and all these other things, people want to know the whole story about people. They don't want to just know that this person's a basketball player, this person's a realtor. They want to know everything. They want to connect with us. So we, in January, I thought, you know, we should, we should create a show. And so there are two people on my team. There's a guy named Will. He's Hispanic German. He's 24. And there's a girl named Jade. Jade is 23. She's American. So we have multiple different personalities. We have, you know, all these different demographics for us. And it's not really about real estate. It's about like there'll be an episode and it'll be Jade telling us on a, about a funny date she went on, you know, or, or me um, just telling the, the world that I met my wife when I was 45 years old on Match.com or something like that. So we, we try and get people to connect with us. And also there'll be a little bit about it, real estate because they need to know that we're decent at what we do, mm-hmm. but it's more connecting and trying to do stuff out of the box to entertain. When we do, when we do the show, we always pretend we're the viewer. We want to know would I take five or 10 or 20 minutes out of my day to watch the show. And if we, if it's no, we're not, we're going to, we film a lot of times and we don't even do, we well cancel it. We won't even do a show on that episode if it doesn't cut, you know, if it doesn't engage people. Got it. And what, as, as the, you know, more of these vlogs or shows or whatever they're called um, are, are becoming more popular. I think it's neat for consumers to get on and go to, you know, obviously if they're looking in Florida and Miami and your area, they should definitely go on and check out your show. But if they're in different cities and States, the idea of going to YouTube and typing in the agents, they're, considering working with and seeing what they've got up there, I think it's a great way to, like you said, really understand the agent's style and their expertise and their team and just kind of a little bit on a personal level because so much about um, when I think buyers or, you know, sellers come to pick agents, kind of the part that's time-consuming for the consumer and maybe a little awkward and they're not really sure exactly how to do it is is interview agents, you know, like one of my – because most people – aren't buying and selling homes, you know, every day, unless they're an investor. So it might be every five to 10 years that they're kind of going through right. the process and they're not, they're not really sure like what's a Matterport tour or what's, what's the, what do you, what do you mean running ads on Instagram or look like audiences? So to be able to kind of tap into your world and understand you and who are your team members and what are they like and the other people that might be showing their house I think that's a really neat strategy. And for people that are listening to this podcast, whether you're looking to buy or sell, you know, get on YouTube and look at your potential agents pages. And if they don't have anything on YouTube, like I think they're, they just don't even have a shot in my opinion. Yeah. So what we look at is we assume that. So if someone said, Hey, you know, a good agent, a great agent in Las Vegas. And I tell them about Rob. The first thing they ever, and I spent two hours telling them how great you are. The first thing they ever do before they call you is they're going to Google you. And if there's nothing on Google that, that when you, when that person Googles you, it's going to either confirm their decision that they should call you, or they're going to feel bad that they're about to call you. And 
you have that you have that basically your resume is out there without you speaking you 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 have your job interview before going on the interview and there you can make it or break it and many times you know i'm not trying to make it about us but we get we we get um sellers and buyers that are working with us and we're like why did you hire us why didn't you think about anyone else and they'll say well we we googled like 20 people and we just decided to go with you so it's pretty powerful because we try and make it enjoyable you know as a seller or buyer we know that you're going to be thinking about this house like all day all night you get you probably looked at it 20 times and if you don't work with someone that you think is fun our team look we look at ourselves as people you'd want to hang out with Friday or Saturday night and hopefully on Sunday buy a 15 or 20 million dollar house or a $500,000 house yeah no i like it cuz it's cuz it's just it is such a personal business, you know, it's like you're obviously helping these people with a big personal purchase and move and there's a lot of emotions and excitement involved and it's, it's not just a one click button purchase, you know, it's a process and it can take sometimes it, it can take a week, but a lot of times it can take months, you know, it can take three to eight months sometimes in terms of people finally getting the, the lay of the land, so to speak. Anything else you're up to these days that's exciting or that you're seeing in the market or yeah, so so what we do is like one of the things that we're excited about are two things actually. One is in a market that is that is so um there's so much inventory, a lot of the sellers are looking at just the properties that sold in their neighborhood and then finding a comp value to get it. But what they're not looking at is a buyer isn't looking for a million dollar home they're in this neighborhood. They're looking at a five four with a with a with a backyard, a pool, and all these other things. And we're doing our best to fig- really figure out what buyers are looking for at with our sellers. So if we have a seller and a seller says, "Hey, I want to price my house at one point two million," we'll tell them, "Yeah, you know, we'll be happy to do that, but your house will not come on number seven on the best properties for the average buyer looking because." People aren't going to look in just a certain area. They're going to look in other areas as well. There's going to be something that resonates with them, why they're buying, whether it's schools, whether it's backyards, pools, whatever it is. So that's one of the things. Another thing that we're doing is we're doing a lot of renovations on properties um, because when we have when we have sellers that are selling properties and pretty much most sellers, if they painted and did floors, they would get way more than they spend on that. So we have some programs that we work with where we renovate the house. There's no cost to the seller and they pay at the end and we're filming all this. So we're creating our own HGTV type stuff and we're pretty excited about it. It gets the seller excited about it when they see it in the future. That's fantastic. Would you say the homes that those renovations are happening on, what would you say sort of the average age of the home is or property? So, you know, I think it depends on the person's taste too, because we could have newer homes and if the person just has poor taste or just really personalizes it a lot, it's going to isolate a lot of buyers. So we pretty much almost on every house because there's no cost up front to the mm-hmm. sellers. We're do- So right now we have a house that's 300000 and we're doing some renovations. And we also have a house that's 2.4 and we're spending 130 renovating it, but we know we'll get about 500, you know, at the end when it sells. Fantastic. So it, it just yeah. depends. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a big one in Las Vegas right now. It's we sort of have this big gap where you have most of the homes, most of the resale inventory is upwards of probably 15 to 20 years old or a little bit more. And then you have all the new construction and there's a big difference in terms of price per foot. You know, there's, there's pros and cons of both. You know, the new stuff is generally more modern. It's brand new. And, but on average, you're kind of spending at least a hundred bucks a foot or more for the brand new lot might be a little smaller. Obviously you got to come in and put in the backyard yourself where, you know, if we can go in and there's a lot of this where we're trying to get people to change countertops or paint cabinets and do a lot of the same thing you're mentioning. And we're seeing just dramatically different results. You know, it's, it's a lot, there's a fair amount of sellers that are just kind of have the apprehension of, look, they, they want to move, you know, it's like they, last thing they want to do is spend more money on a property that they're not going to get to get the enjoyment out of and more headache. But, and I understand in terms of time frame, sometimes people need to list their house and get out of there pronto, but I definitely would consider, um, definitely in Las Vegas sounds like definitely in Miami. I'm sure all markets are a little different, but what can you do within reason to freshen up your home and to kind of talk to you, you know, what, um, when you were talking about what's interesting about that property and what kind of, what are the buyers looking for? There's a good saying that comes to mind. And if it's not compelling, it's not selling. You know, so right. what's going to make your property compelling? Is it the price? Is it just, hey, you're the best one in the neighborhood. You're the best price, but maybe you need some work. Or, hey, like, wow, this has just got an amazing kitchen, you know? And it's like, you know, will, you're willing to pay the extra money for it or whatever. Like, whatever that is, I think sellers can have a hard time understanding that even though a lot of, you know, sellers have an emotional connection to their home because they live there, they probably raised kids there. To the buyer, like, they don't have that connection. You know, you're just one of many choices, and that might sound a little cold-hearted, but it's the truth. Yeah, and, you know, as, as we go further, like, the average buyer that's looking at a property is watching HGTV and seeing a house that's all fixed up. So as we go further along in this journey each year, there are going to be more and more of these shows. And when someone sees those homes that aren't done, they don't want them as much as they did in the past. In the past, people would want to buy a fixer-upper, go to Home Depot and fix it up. But now on TV, they see the before and the after, and money is so cheap, they spend a few bucks extra in their mortgage payment, and it's done. They'd rather do that. Yeah, so I agree with you. Yeah, big time. So if people want to chat with you, hire you, learn more about you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so the easiest way is to go on Instagram. And my Instagram handle or my Instagram hashtag is sort of weird. It's hashtag the Indian Realtor. So if you go on Instagram or any other media and you go hashtag the Indian Realtor, you'll find all my stuff. Perfect. And website for the show? So the website is All In Miami. So you can go on allinmiami.com. Or if you want the show, it would be allinmiami.tv. Got it. And I'm assuming if someone wants to be on your show, they could call you up and say, we want to buy a house. How does that work? Like if someone wants to buy a house, do you say, hey, we want to, are you cool if we film the show? Or how do you approach that with people? Yeah, so it's funny because we live sort of like in a selfie world. And those people that do the selfies are the ones that want to be on the show. And the people that never do the selfies are the ones that don't want to be on the show. So it's pretty easy. <laughs>
Yeah, no, thanks a lot. I look forward to doing some business with you in the future. Likewise. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Luxury Real Estate Talk with Rob Jensen. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends and colleagues and give us some stars. We would love to hear your feedback. Connect with Rob at robjensen.com.